Good morning. I hope you're having a wonderful weekend. I uh, Boy, I got to tell you, I'm leaving Eastview Mall right now. I had to get my iPhone uh, repaired. I had a cracked screen. No big deal. It's been cracked for literally like a couple of months. And um, it wasn't even a drop. No. It was a toddler toss, as they like to call it. Every once in a while, when you have a toddler, people, uh, parents of toddlers will know this. Every once in a while, a, uh, a toddler likes to just grab your phone and throw it. And so you got to watch out for that. And so that's, uh, yeah, my phone fell victim to Leo throwing it across the room <laughs> a couple of months ago. But I finally, you know, just like took the time and said, okay, I'm driving to the Apple store. I'm going to get this iPhone uh, screen fixed. I, I shared a story a month ago or so. I tried to go to Best Buy Geek Squad for it once because I do pay for the Geek Squad uh, just because we don't have IT or anything at work. So once in a great while, something will go down and... Geek Squad's been pretty decent, but I had a little run in there where I gave them my phone. They took it to the back to show it to the technician to be like, oh, can we fix this? Technician says, yes, we can fix it. He brings it back out to me and says, yep, we can fix it. And I say, great, let me just call my wife and tell her I'm going to be without my phone for a few hours. I get the phone. It says no SIM card. I go, oh, I just need my SIM card back. They go, we didn't touch your SIM card. I go, well, obviously you did. You had my phone and you did. Anyway, it turns out the SIM card was in there. We opened it up, closed it back again. It worked. And then the guy said, well, now we can't fix your phone because there's something wrong with it. And I was like, well, hey, you, if there's anything wrong with it, you did it. Anyway, so that was a month ago. So finally just went to the Apple store. Um, interesting note, too. I, I do pay for the Apple Care. And I have to tell you, the Apple Care will bite you, bite your ass for, uh, what do you pay, like 10 bucks a month, something like that? It'll bite your ass for 10 bucks a month. But... When you do get that thing that we all get once a year, whatever, when you you break your phone, and all of a sudden you can get it fixed for either free or cheap. Like this, this cost me thirty bucks just now to get the screen fixed, and the normal price tag on that's like three hundred bucks, which is ridiculous too. That's basically just trying to strong arm you into buying a new phone at that point. Three hundred bucks to fix a screen, a crack screen, my ass. Anyway. Um, it was 30 bucks. At the end, I was like, oh, let's buy a new screen protector. That way, you know, I don't end up back here thinking screen protector is going to be, what, five, ten bucks, right? No, screen protector, $42. So the guy's starting to, like, get ready to give me a screen protector, and I go, wait, 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 it's $42. Well, but if I break it, it's $30 to get a new screen, but getting you to put a screen protector on is $40? He says, yeah. I go, well, then it's you realize it's literally cheaper for me to just break this phone and bring it back here for you to repair it than it is for me to buy this from you. And he goes, oh, yeah, I guess so. And I go, okay, well, uh, never mind then. I'm, I'm, I'll am i be back when I break it again, I guess. Try and keep it out of the hands of my three-year-old. Anywho, um, they also, I, I want to talk about something else, too, before we get into uh, – I'll talk a little bit about business and then, of course, the podcast, Love Leah, so much. Uh, we'll, I'll gush about her in a moment, but I think I gush a lot in the actual podcast. I obviously already recorded the interview before I'm doing this intro. But uh, making dinner tonight for the family, a little mushroom risotto. And uh, they had something, I guess, only in, in season for like three weeks in this area called wolf fish at Wegman. So I'm trying a new fish tonight. Not often you get to try a new something, a new protein. Trying out new fish tonight, wolf fish. I'll let you know how it goes. I think I'm going to pan sear probably a little seasoning. I don't know. I'll just make up a spice blend or something. Do a little pan sear and butter. Quick minute or two on each side and then throw it in the oven until it comes to an internal temperature of, 
and I'll have to look it up. I'm thinking fit probably one forty ish, one forty five maybe for. I'll Google that. Um, little business update. I do love talking about business. I think I've told you, and I credit this. I love the Erica Nardini Token CEO podcast. She talks barstool sports and talks a lot about the business side and not just the entertainment side, but really about the the uh, the positives and negatives on the business side in her podcast. And I just think it's cool and people kind of like hearing it. And I've heard some feedback from you guys saying, hey, kind of like hearing just a few notes about, you know, what you're up to from a business standpoint, what's going well, what's not going well. And I think it's important, too, that we share what's going well, but also not what's not going well, too. I think that's always important. So I would say right now, uh, the two businesses, what's going well, especially with uh, with Craft Cannery, the manufacturing business, which is the bigger opportunity of the two, because Guglielmo Sauce is basically just a client of of uh, Craft Cannery. I happen to own them both, but with Craft Cannery, I have a couple of partners. Um, my big uh, big partner, of course, Tom Riggio, who we have to do a podcast with him soon, because that dude is a wealth of knowledge in the food and branding space, food drink snacks uh guy's got an un- unbelievable resume so we'll get him on here sometime soon but uh anyway the uh craft cannery a couple things that are going good is of course onboarding new clients exciting big clients um stuff i don't want to talk about yet because it's a little bit of a you know let's let's not count our eggs before they're hatched stuff but uh one or two names that i've always kind of hoped to work with or just really well-known uh, brands it, and and at this point too we're talking region regional not necessarily local brands and that's exciting to me um, there was a, a thing that we were working on this week which I cannot tell you how excited I'm about that basically would have us taking whole fresh tomatoes boiling those down throwing in you know handful of basil handful of parsley handful of salt and calling it a day and and the tomatoes here's the cool catch on this are 100% New York state grown tomatoes and you know we did a little test batch of this stuff and i was just i was just in heaven while we were test batching this stuff because that's what i started with like if you go back to if you look at the fact that i now do bottling for a living and you go back and you say, well, what's the first thing you ever bottled? It was that. That's the first thing I ever bottled. It was it was literally, we would. Can, my grandfather taught me how to can tomatoes in his basement. And it was what I just described to you. It was whole tomatoes, boiled down, couple of things added, you know, like I said, basil, parsley, salt. And, and you bottle that. And, and we have a client right now who we're working on something where it's basically that. A pantry style sort of canned or called a crushed tomato, I guess. A stewed tomato, whatever you want to call it. And um, I am so excited about it because it's like right back to my roots. That is where I started was making that. And so I, yeah, I, honestly, like before I bottled Guglielmo sauce and started giving it out to people uh, and, and, you know, I first I gave it out and then, of course, it became a business. But even before that, this predates even that I used to can tomatoes week of labor day when i was in my like early 20s and i would just bring mason jars of canned tomatoes in and and give those to my coworkers and friends and things like that um that was the first thing i ever did was that and so god it's just it's like back to the roots so uh there's that project which i'm very excited about and then as i mentioned onboarding a couple of new clients in various stages um just really 
really cool, really good and exciting stuff. Growth, scary but exciting when you're seeing your business grow. Um, that's wonderful. Just absolutely wonderful. Limitations right now, I, I you know, it's it's tough. There's literally there's headaches almost every day. Some of them are they last ten minutes, some in hours, some a couple of days. You hope a couple of days is the longest. We had a situation recently where we had one of our mixers go down. So what that is is, you know, think about a hundred gallon kettle. Uh, that's what we're running through. You can't stir a hundred gallon kettle, right? Like you can. We we used to have a thirty six gallon kettle. You can barely hand stir that as a human being. You're going to get all kinds of quality issues even in doing that. And so. You really need some sort of automatic agitation, and you need to make sure that your products are being mixed thoroughly, and you know because you need a good blended product before you bottle. Anyway, we were right in the middle of something. We had a full kettle of product, and one of those mixers went down uh, like a week ago or so. And then, of course, you know you call the repair guy. The repair guy comes in, finds the piece. Now you need to find this piece. Nobody knows where to find the the part. No, you know where's the part, and then you call the you call the one company that'll tell you the part number, and then you try to order the part from them. And oh no no no, they don't have the part. They just have the part number. If you want to order the part, you got to order from somebody else. And it's just such a all of a sudden you've got a couple of hours down the drain, and uh, then that there was that. So there's an equipment failure, and then of course on Friday morning I go into work, and my laptop just decides nope, not going to work today. Just spins and spins, won't even start. And that's where, you know, half my lifeblood is. Luckily, I've been good about backing things up, so I have no fear regarding losing files or anything like that. But still, you know, you're used to your laptop. You've got your stuff on your laptop. You can move at lightning speed on your laptop. When that goes down and you're forced to use, you know, a different laptop or just your phone or anything like that, like we have this other laptop that's kind of pr primitive, but it's essentially meant just for looking at files and it's basically for inspectors, right? An inspector will walk in and say, oh, I need to see the paperwork on the Guglielmo Marinara you made last week. And you can point them at that laptop, and they can just kind of fly through things. And Well, I tried to do everything on that laptop, and then, of course, you know, it's not connected to the Internet. And then it's got to run a 1,000 updates. And then, uh, and then the Microsoft Office is out of date on it and blah, blah. It just literally it took me three hours and 20 minutes to get that laptop into, like, working shape. <sighs> anyway. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is one of my absolute favorite people. I will, I don't want to repeat myself here because you're going to hear me start the interview telling her this, but I am just a fan of Leah Stacy. I just think she could do anything in this world she wants and she would, she would do an amazing job at it. And so, uh, I asked her to meet me at the Sheffield, which is on Monroe Ave. It's my neighborhood pub. I live right behind it basically. And uh, she did. There's going to be some background noise here, but that's okay. I think it brings a little life to the podcast, right? A little bit of background noise. But we're basically sitting in a booth at the Sheffield chatting, and uh, here is your invitation to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. And that is what it felt like. You know, it didn't feel like an interview. It didn't feel like a, you're on the record, let's go. It, it really felt like, let's have a conversation, and let's just kind of, you know, make sure these microphones are near our mouths while we're having this conversation. There's some there's some disorganization in this podcast, too, because basically at one point we, like, order food and we order drinks. And the, there's a server who's probably off mic and stuff. So I apologize for some of that. Stick with me, please. Enjoy the podcast. It's raw. It's real. And I appreciate you listening so, so much. Uh, by the way, a couple of big interviews going on this week, too. My next couple of weeks 
I'm going to get him in the can this week. I've got Jimmy Z coming on of the famous Jimmy Z's in Brockport. He just made a major announcement, so we'll talk pivoting as an entrepreneur with him. You can wait for the podcast to find out what it was, or he did post it on Facebook. So if you're just dying to know, you can always go on Facebook. And then uh, actually this week also, I am uh, driving out one of these evenings this week to talk to uh, Lizzie and or Ronnie of Le Petit Poutine. So those are the next couple of interviews. Both of them are scheduled, and barring emergencies, should should happen this week. So thank you so much for listening, and enjoy my conversation with Leah Stacy. First, we should say we're at the Sheffield, and it's Friday night, because this comes out on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. It's good to see you. It's so good to see you. Can I have a moment? Can I just, <laughs> can I vent for a moment? Is it okay? Please do. I've had a terrible day. Oh, Not no. terrible. I shouldn't say, not really terrible. Not really terrible. Like, worse things could happen. Like, family and friends, people are healthy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like. All the big stuff is okay. All the big stuff is okay. But just, okay. like, the little things today have just sucked. Yeah. Like, I'm so tired right now i am too so we're quite a pair are you? <laughs> yeah it's, I just, a, I it's a long week i had the weird thing though where i didn't sleep all week and oh. then last night i slept a marathon i slept 10 hours and and i woke up with the feeling of that wasn't that was the wrong move yeah too. sometimes that doesn't help no no uh. um so i'm just like overly tired and then i get to work this morning and I go to turn on my laptop, and it just spins and spins, no. and it won't turn. And I just get the red circle of death. So I went to Best Buy today. Have you been to Best Buy? <laughs> In my life, yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever Have you ever had the electronic break, and it just ruins the day because now you got to go get the... Okay, uh, Polly, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you probably not that happy. My brother used to work at Best Buy, yeah. so instead of going there, I would just call him. No, I, I don't blame you. Of course. <laughs> of course. If you want his number. He doesn't work there anymore, that's but he's okay. pretty good at that stuff. At this point, the laptop is in the possession of Best Buy, and I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping for the best. Jeez, yeah. yeah. And then, and then like, just a bunch of other random... Cra- oh, and then here's another one that I did today. Like, I forgot to bring food to work. Oh. So then I'm hungry, and I decide, you know what? I'm going to skip breakfast. I'm going to eat lunch. I'm going to skip breakfast. I bail on that idea around 10. <laughs> I end up eating breakfast. So now I've eaten a late breakfast. Now I'm not hungry for lunch. Oh. So then I decide, well, you know everything's skip, off. You know how I was going to skip breakfast? Yeah. Now I'm going to skip lunch. I bailed on that idea around 2.30 <laughs> and I ate a late lunch. So now I'm. it's like dinner time and I'm, I'm not hungry at all, but I know I'm going to be hungry at like 9 p.m. Wait, can we side... Side. Anything. Okay. Oh, please. Um, the word just fell out of my brain. But you work in Burgeon, right? Yeah. So, like, where do you go for food? Because well, we have in Burgeon. I know. Yeah, you're I used to live there. We have Ralph and Rosie's. Yep. We have Gregory's Bakery. Yep. Yep. And, Is that and, still it? Uh, and we have Seven Eleven. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah. The little is the little diner gone? I don't know. Virgin Diner is there. Okay, and then and there is there a Dunkin' Donuts still? Yeah, at the gas station. Okay, yep, yep, but yep. like also no. Those are the options, right? Yeah. And so you can only Ralph and Rosie so many times. I mean, I've OD'd on Ralph and Rosie's at this point in the last few <laughs> years. Right? Gregory's is good. Gregory's, Gregory's is very. It's good. so good. It is very good. Yeah. Gregory's is, is those cookies. Woo! Yes. Yes. The mountain rolls. And the Seven Eleven and Dunkin' Donuts are the types of things that like you do. Like I got nothing against. I like Dunkin' Donuts. That's nine one one food. Like it is. But yeah, it that's happens too often. Yeah. Yeah. A 7-Eleven hot dog Ugh. is, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it still happens sometimes. I hate this for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, I just needed to tell somebody. Because I went home just now. Because I made yeah. an oil change. I wanted to tell my wife, but she's working. She doesn't want to hear my shit right now. She's oh. like, you got problems. I got real problems. <laughs> she's like, oh, did you? are you a little tired? And your laptop <laughs> doesn't work. Like, she's, ready, she's ready to tell me to go fuck myself, basically. I <laughs> sympathize with both of you, honestly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing? Why are you tired this week? I think, well, I just had long work days. Yeah. Nothing terrible happened. It was just like a lot of deadlines this week. Yeah. Um, and some big launches of products and stuff that I'm working on. So, okay. yeah, all good stuff. Let's go through But, them. oh, well, okay. So I have NDAs on a couple of them. Okay. Which is like, ooh, right. but well, also okay. it's not. Well, well, well I mean. We, we're going to talk about Lilac. Obviously, that's... Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Lilac launched this week. Yes. That's okay. probably why I'm tired today. That party was last night. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that'll do it. It all blurs together. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Wait. Let's catch up, though. Okay. So, you're one of my favorite people. You know that. Aww. You're a type person who I don't even feel like... I don't necessarily even feel like we're friends. I feel like we, we, we're not friends. You. No, I feel like I know. I think no, <laughs> I maybe. think we're friends. You might think we're friends. <laughs> I think it's more like I'm a fan of yours and I just count myself lucky to, that you know i exist okay that well a little that's overly so dramatic. sweet it's so sweet but i think we're friends okay good yeah i'll take friends that's yeah. kind of cool i like that i just always consider myself a fan i've known you for many many years and i like do you remember the time that i called you at like seven o'clock in the morning sure do <laughs> i don't remember what it was about but i remember being like oh god what's wrong i was pissed about something and i don't remember what it was either and it would be best if oh, we didn't rehash it. yeah it's coming back to me we should not talk about okay, that it, yeah it was industry like, related but like okay. it was the kind of thing that industry people call each other about and yes. talk about off record and i'm and i'm just way too afraid to put it on twitter <laughs> like i would never like <laughs> do this have how often do you write something on Twitter, but then hit cancel and go. That wouldn't be a good idea. Oh God! Um, like uh, once a week or more, because or, or sometimes I save it in my drafts. I'm like maybe, and then I'm like no, and I delete the draft. You ever go later. Back and look at your drafts, and you go, "Geez, I was angry that day." <laughs> that <ever happened?"> <laughs> yep. <laughs> or like, oh, that's kind of dark. Oh yeah, I've had a few of those too. I've had a few of those where I'm going like, okay, in the moment it felt right. Looking back on it, I would be like, Jesus. Like, and I'm thinking about people reading it, going, Uh "The sauce guy's a psychopath." (laughs) (laughs) The sauce guy. I don't want that out there. I don't want that on public record. And I can't even think of specific things either. You just you know it when you're typing it. You're like, you're like, and then they shouldn't, and they shouldn't, and they shouldn't. Yeah. And that's too far. Well, somebody gave us a platform, and as we know, lots of people like to project on that platform. Yes. I feel like I've been choosing the quieter path on Twitter these days just because it kind of like I like Twitter it actually doesn't it's not like always the doom scroll for me it's actually like I learn things from it and I keep up with people but sometimes I'm like I just don't really have anything to add and so I'm not going to but I used to feel this sort of like push right like content 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 like 
but now I'm like, no, unless I have something to say, why do I need to add to the noise? Yeah, yeah. So well, that's another reason I'll just delete things sometimes. It, well, it's a good transition, honestly, into Lilac because Lilac's not available online. It's not. Right? I mean, and well, you can buy it online. You can buy it online. <laughs> <laughs> Which somebody was like, that's a double standard. <laughs> that <is kinda> funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're working on being in a. With, bookstores are kind of a hard thing, too, but we're working on some distribution IRL, yeah. as it were. Well, what about, you know, I mean, listen, it's the same thing I did with Sauce. You go around all the mom and pops. Yeah. You walk in. Give, I mean, you got to give some free copies out, but you give a free copy of the owner. Yeah. You shake a hand. You give them a 30 second elevator speech, and maybe half of them say, Yeah, we'll carry some, you know? And our, you can pick it up once you buy it. You can pick it up at Hippocampo, which is right on South Ave. Yep. So, and it's like a little, a lovely little bookstore. You know who would carry in a heartbeat? Record Archive in a heartbeat. I know. We, yeah. need, we need to just go and talk to some people, but we're also printing a quantity right now that's almost selling out. So, that's yeah. another, like, also, we wanted to make sure we could actually do this before yeah. we like put it in. We don't let people subscribe yet because I'm like, what if there is no, like they buy a year and then there isn't a year. Yeah. Of course there will be. But I am always thinking like, what if we disappoint them? <laughs> Playing it safe. Like yeah. if you think you're going to sell a hundred copies. You're like, we should print a hundred copies. Yeah. We should print 300 and hopefully Yeah. If people are putting their faith in us, I want that to be substantial. Yeah. It's inventory management. <laughs> you have to. You yes. Know, you're smart business. <laughs> you boy. know about that. Well, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. Okay, so I do love the fact that the Lilac is basically throwing a middle finger to the online <laughs> and then is available to buy online. Yeah. That's kind of funny. But and we have an Instagram. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. Well, there's, listen, I, can we sit here and let's talk about what online has ruined? Yeah. And what it is okay? Because I think oh. we both agree online is doing some good things. Sure. Just today, I was realizing I was an exchange student to Italy when I was in high school. I'm still in touch with those families. That's so cool. For Facebook. Yeah. So that's cool. That's so cool. Right? Yeah. I don't think, like you said, you kind of enjoy Twitter. I kind of do enjoy social media also. There's certainly some weird anger on social media. But, Hmm. like, there's also times where it's really enjoyable reading. It's basically my newspaper. In the morning, I wake up and I scroll Twitter, and that's how I learn about the world. Totally. Yeah. What is it, though, that made you say with Lilac, absolutely not, not available online, we're not doing it, screw that? Um, well, to make print profitable, I think right now, for us, it made more sense to not give the content away for free or to put in the funds to build um, the wireframe where you would pay and then read it online. We also wanted people to, ha- we wanted it to be experiential. And we're all about our contributors. So without getting too like soapboxy here, we pay everyone. Um, and, and then they get profit sharing of all of the print profits. So another thing that we wanted to do for the contributors is make it a really special product where they can hold it in their hands and they are printed in something because it still is more special than just having an online byline. Yeah. And maybe your reach will be more online for sure. Um, but with a print product I think the value goes up and the perceived value goes up when you can't find it anywhere else right and I've run an online magazine before and I the content beast is something that I did not want to feed because if this comes out three times a year every four months April August December yeah what are we gonna I don't I don't want to run a website in between that because a we don't have the team bandwidth we all have full work like full-time work schedules that we're running there's only four of us 
Um, and then one of us has kids. So it's, you know, life. Yeah. And to, to make this commitment already was like, it's a passion project for us. So to, yeah, run a website in between, that's like, you know, I always go back to the Paris Review, which is one of my favorite lit magazines. That is a print product. I am a subscriber. They also publish pieces online and they kind of schedule it out in between issues. So we could have done something like that, but it is running it. Like, you know, you've done things online. Um, and you always, you are a slave to that master. Totally. And we just didn't want it. How, how do you think, like, if you could go back in time, 30 years, maybe even just 20 years, because <laughs> you mentioned giving content away for free. Yeah. Did we make a mistake? Newspaper, magazines, all of them. Did we oh, all make gosh. a mistake by putting all that content online for free? I uh, mean... If you go back in time and they're about to publish the first free newspaper article <laughs> and you have the opportunity to say, stop, would you do it? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because the paywall was like such a big thing. I remember being in grad school and paywalls were becoming really ubiquitous. And we were always having these conversations and I took a lot of startup classes and it was always like, well, what's the business model? What's the business model? We're like, no one knows. We can't figure it out. Like you, our professors didn't even know. Like the New York Times couldn't even figure it out at that point. They were doing it professionally. Right. didn't know what the business model was. But then all of a sudden everyone was like, oh, wait a minute we had a business model that we can just transition online and it is subscription, AKA paywall ads, still a thing, sponsored content, still a thing. We're just calling everything different names, right. but it's really just the same old story for a new world. Are they succeeding with paywalls? I mean, I know I have a few subscriptions. I'm happy to pay for a few. I can't yeah. pay every single Same. subscription in the country. Same. Right? Yeah, I have. A, I support City. I support the Democrat and Chronicle. I am a New York Times subscriber, Paris Review, several magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, it's like you do have to draw the line somewhere. And so I really want to pay for the ones that I will regularly read. But... I don't, to answer that question, I don't work for anyone who's running a paywall currently, so I don't know. Well, the only thing I would say is that, uh, you know, I'll see a DNC reporter put out an article behind, and it's behind a paywall. Yeah. And then you see the, the subtweets about... Oh, yeah. I always paywall. feel so bad for the reporters. Uh, me too. You know, and, and did you say a thing today about the Gannett put out the CEO made fucking millions of dollars or something no oh i i've i've had my head down in in google docs writing today i love i love a no longer employed by dnc will cleveland because he <laughs> <laughs> oh well he tweeted this thing out it was uh the gannett basically disclosed okay here it is the ceo of gannett newspapers his salary was nine hundred thousand dollars his bonus was $767,000. I'm sorry, that's another salary. Well, His that's several salaries. stock award was $6 million. Meanwhile, the median employee salary at Gannett is $48,000. That is fucked up. That's, I honestly, I retweeted that and said it's theft. I think it's... Well, oh. Whatever. You don't have to say it's fucked up. No, I, so. I have nothing to disagree with here. There is a disconnect, a disconnect in that corporation. One of the greatest interviews I ever got to do was Ben Cohen of Ben and Jerry's, like Ben. Yeah. Like ben. And they had a thing at Ben and Jerry's where the highest paid person in the company could never make more than three times the lowest paid person in the company. What a great policy. I, it's it's close to a good policy, right? I mean, I, I'm not here to say everyone in every company should be paid exactly the same. I do think Yeah, I, it, there's some. Yeah, it depends matter. on the industry probably, right? Sure, sure. 
But, you know, he's in the food industry. I'm in the food industry. It's tough for me to say that every single person there should get paid the exact same amount of money. Yeah. But I do like there being some sort of a governor put on the top. The top, you shouldn't be able to just accelerate yourself to that point while leaving everyone else in the dust. It's dirty. It's just dirty in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not sure I got off on this tangent. I'm sorry, but... You know. uh, we were talking about paywalls well, and are they working? And I worked in the media for a long time. We both did. And, and felt yeah. that we underpaid for a long time, so that's why. <laughs> I think that's the case for most people who work in media. I was just on a call where we were talking about the dark side of PR, where it's just, you know, what journalists used to always call yeah. it. Yeah. And now, like, I dabble in PR for my clients. I do copywriting for corporate clients. Um, the pandemic changed a lot of that work for me, too, because... The opportunities to work outside of Rochester but still live here increased greatly. Um, and the the amount of times I had to pivot as a self-employed person during the pandemic whew, also increased great, talk about greatly. It? Sure. Talk about yeah, it. we can talk about whatever. So you, I remember a few years ago, you go out on your own. Let's go even further back. Okay. You were born? <laughs> <laughs> I was, was born. You were born. In Virgin. <laughs> close to it. <laughs> you were on the mean streets of Virgin for a while. Yeah. Uh, on my little did. bike with tassels. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward, fast forward, you end up in Rochester, and now you are going to do what? What is your goal when you are like in your early 20s? What's going to happen? Oh, I was at Roberts Wesleyan, and I was an English major with a theater minor, and I had already decided not to move to New York and try the, the audition thing for various reasons. Uh, one of them being, I can't dance to save my life. Uh, I'll sing, I'll act, I can't dance. Um, so I was, I was like, okay, literature, words, my first love, and was like kind of bored. And I think my advisor knew, and he was like, why don't you get an internship? It's not required, but like, let's see what we can find. So they found me an internship at the DNC, and at that point, the Democrat Chronicle had this partnership with like five schools, Roberts being one of them, um, where they would basically built a college newsroom and so we would get to go into the newspaper and we got paid on top of getting intern credit which was like amazing um and and we teamed up with kids from other schools so i'm still friends with some of these people to this day and we would cover the news at our schools so one of my beats was mcc one was rat and then i would cover roberts um and it was it was eye-opening i was shooting video which i knew nothing about i was shooting photos which i knew nothing about my school didn't even have a journalism class. Oh, wait, we got one eventually, and it was taught by an adjunct. And we were all like, he's so cool, like the journalism professor. Um, but, yeah, I, it like opened up this whole world of like, oh, maybe this is what I want to do. Like, this is how I want to tell stories. Because this seems more achievable right now than, say, writing a book. Right. You got to do it all too, though. You got to like you. You get to do every skill you need. You got to do the video, the photo. Yeah, like, and so you became. We were like early backpack journalists, yeah. and it was before social media was really a thing. This was um, 2007 and 2008 when I was doing this, and uh, then I graduated into the Great Recession. That was fun. Wonderful. And I had an interview lined up at the DNC, and I was pretty sure I was going to get hired, and they were kind of like, you know, getting me ready for this position through, I stayed at that internship for a year and a half. And then they were like, oh, no, job cuts. We can't hire anyone. So they had a ring freeze. And then I eventually did go to work there in 2010 after cobbling together a, they would give me so much freelance work and I have a hair license so I was doing hair and just like making it all work I like 
Yeah, I moved Love it. the hustle. <laughs> the I actually, I, I didn't the hustle know was you worked at the DNC. I didn't know that you yeah. actually there. Yeah, okay, so it was very short-lived. Yeah. Okay. I've freelanced for them for many, many years. I think a lot of people know that. Yeah. But full-time, I was there as one of the editors of Metro Mix, which crossed over to um, Insider. Yeah. So I was an editor. I was the website editor at Insider, and I ran a team of freelancers. And we had a partnership with this company called Metromix, and it was like entertainment news, and they streamlined it into all cities from the nation. Anyway, they tried a lot of things back then. Yeah. They lost the money for the partnership, which meant my job had to get cut. In so I only ended up working there for four months. Okay, so it was pretty okay. It was so short, and yeah. then. I got laid off and I was like, okay, time to go to grad school. I need to learn more of these digital skills that I didn't have the chance to learn in undergrad. This is a perfect time. So then I went to Newhouse. Can I give you, can I give a slight, she's walked by a couple times and I think she's staying away from us because we have microphones in our Oh, should we pause? So, no, no, no. We don't have to pause. But just if she, co- if she comes your way, make eye contact. If she comes my way, I'll make eye contact. Okay. Oh, here I go. Wait a minute. I don't want to wave either. I'm scared. <laughs> she didn't look at me. I think they want money, though. Uh, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to sit here and take up a table. I want to order some stuff and make sure she gets some money. Yeah, she's like, who are these weird people? I didn't want it, but I, you know what I'm saying? Though? Like, yeah. So the visual is she went by and Do I was Do you want hoping. me to stick out my leg and, like, trip her yes, or something? Get her on the ground. See if you can. No, I just, just kidding. No, we don't mean that. No violence I, here. What I didn't want to do is the thing. I didn't want to do the... You know, I didn't want to wave the hand. Cause that, yeah, because then that's like <laughs> awful, isn't it? Isn't that like I'm going to punch that I guy? mean, I don't love that when I'm working on the floor. I don't love to no, see that. I don't no. either. But also... Unique situation. We have yeah. microphones, and she's probably thinking, I need to stay away from them. But in reality, <laughs> we're like, no, no, I, I don't... And it's I've never been here, full disclosure. No? Do they know you? I don't think so. I don't think so. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? I, okay. That seems worse than the wave. <laughs> I just did an awkward hello. <laughs> what do you think she's thinking right now? She... No, oh. no clue. Oh, my God. And also, like... The other thing about having a bad day, I was going to go home and take a shower and change. <laughs> and of course, like, here I am in my work clothes. So what? T-shirt, I got sauce stains all over myself. It's I organic. I onions at 5 o'clock this morning. <laughs> if I smell my shirt, it's still just pure onion. That's all I smell on my shirt. <laughs> that is my least favorite food, but I can't smell it, so it's, you're I, good. I had 340 pounds of them in a kettle this morning. Wow. Caramelized. Talk about yeah. the hustle. Uh, That's the hustle. Anything. You're in charge from this point on. Okay, I'll, I'll do my best. All right. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. So you go to Newhouse. You go to Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, this could be a very windy story. Is it so hard it, to get into Newhouse? It is hard, isn't it? I, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, you're humble. You're humble. It's a it's a selective program. Yes. For grad school, especially, um, and for undergrad. I think what we're trying to say is you're a fucking badass, and you got into Newhouse. Well, so funny story. I applied with my boyfriend at the time, and he got in like a week before I did to a different program. And I was like, "Oh, this is it. I'm gonna have to break up with him because yep. I'm so mad." Yeah, yeah. Then you, El Woods, disaster is what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Like it's hard. You go to new housing. <laughs> That's like amazing. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So we did different programs, but we both got in, and it was it was just oh, that year changed my life. I found my people there. Yeah. I really did. I have so many mentors there, um, and I still teach for them. Yeah. So um, that's been, uh, yeah, I just, Newhouse has a very special place in my heart. It seems as though Newhouse has pumped out great, I mean, as you said, selective, hard to get in. Plus, it's pumped out some really, really great journalists over the years. Yeah. A lot of famous journalists came out of Newhouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron Sorkin did our um, commencement speech that year. It's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) 
So I would think with the experience you had plus the new house thing, you mm-hmm. come out now your guns ablaze. Now it's you got to be the hot commodity. Everyone wants yes. to be on their team. Well, my plan was to move to New York. I wasn't going to come back to Rochester, yeah. Yeah. which you know that. Um, for again various reasons, I ended up back here and uh, decided I was going to dig right in and see what Rochester had to to offer. And then if that didn't work, then I would go somewhere yeah. else. We will we'll order some drinks. I don't want to take up a table. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. You did it. Is that okay? Yeah. She hates us, but it's fine. What did you say? She hates us, but it's fine. Okay. Is it okay? Yeah. I just felt like, like it was it totally was fine. We definitely should order something. We got to order something. Yeah. We cannot just soak up a table. No, we're being squatters right now. Yes. Yeah. And that's like my worst fucking nightmare. <laughs> I don't want to sit here and be the people that are just soaking up a table. And I also, every time you're swearing, I'm like, oh my God, is this okay? No. And then I remember, it's, it's a podcast. podcast no, we're good. <laughs> yeah. We do whatever we want. Okay, great. We do whatever we want. You can swear, you can admit to crimes. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably smart. Because actually, I don't yeah, think I don't, can, I don't think I've committed any <laughs> that I know of. Um, I went to a wedding, a wedding, sorry, very opposite of a wedding. I went to a funeral on oh, Tuesday. no. The exact opposite of a wedding. Wow. Um, went to a funeral on Tuesday for my, all right, so it's my brother's girlfriend's mom. I never met her. Okay. Once. I'm sorry that we're sitting here doing a podcast, but I want to make sure we order a bunch of stuff. You're fine. What do you like to drink? Uh, I will drink iron smoke and ginger ale. Iron smoke ginger. Yep. Uh, can I do a soda water and bitters? Soda and bitters. And bitters. Do you have? Yeah. And then you want to bring like, some food, whatever you think. Do you want to do wings, poutine, Brussels sprouts? How about like not that hungry, Leah? Whatever sounds good to you. Okay. Do let's like, start with poutine. Let's do like two apps, two desserts, call it a day. Okay, we're gonna do poutine. You like poutine, Leah? I love poutine. All right. All right. And then you said two desserts, but we'll cover that later. I'll be back. Okay. All right. All right. Is that okay? You want her back. I feel really like bad. Like no, you, 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 I, you want her back. I want what? You want her back. I want her back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whew. All right. Because <clears throat> all we ordered was like extra shit, right? When I was at Red Lobster, we used to get points for apps and desserts and drinks. You worked at Red Lobster? Yes, I did. Amazing. That's where I got my, uh, that's where I cut my uh, hospitality teeth, actually. Do you like those biscuits? I did till I worked there. <laughs> That's then I overdosed on them. Okay, yeah, that lines up. <laughs> no, they're, they're fine. I haven't had them in years. I just remember, like, that's what we would always want to get as kids Wait, when were, we went there. Were you a Red Lobster? Red, Red Osier. Red, you worked at Red Osier. Was my right. first hospitality job. Oh, my yeah. God. That's right. Mm-hmm. I just went for the first time about a month ago to Red Osier. Oh, how was it? It's old school. I like it. It's, it's old, old school. Yeah, like, it's kind of old school. So, did you work for the Moore family? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. And... My manager at the time is now a spirits rep, so I see him during RCR. It's cool. just like crazy. It's yeah. like small world. Almost right. twenty years later. I'm all over the place. I'm trying to get to. Let's go. You get out of new house. Your guns are blazing. Yeah, but well, we yeah, should like we should hit fast forward because I've been back in Rochester for like ten years now. Okay. Almost ten years. Well. So I like a ping pong back and forth between Syracuse and Rochester because I had also done a fair bit of work there by the time I left. Thank you. And um, I moved back there to work for like their Jiva, which is Syracuse stage. And I was the PR uh, director there. And then after a couple months, I got recruited back here to be the editor of 585 magazine. And I was like, well, I'm in my late 20s and being the editor in chief of a magazine seems like a pretty good gig. I should probably do that. Wait, can we pause for a second? How does that happen? 
What do you mean you got recruited here to be the editor of Five at Five magazine? Like, <laughs> like is this a, is this somebody you knew, or is this they yes. you in your work? I had freelanced. Comedy? I had freelance for them. Okay. Um, and then. So, like, before I moved back to Syracuse, I was here, and I freelanced, like, full-time for nine months. Okay. I worked for anyone who would give me work. Okay. And, um, so, and I, so I knew the current editor, and so he was looking to, like, replace himself and get some good candidates for the application. So, he called me, and he said, I think you should apply. Yeah. And then, uh, it turns out I was the only candidate. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was an amazing experience. I did that for about a year and a half, and then I... There was nowhere to go. Like there, there was no promotion. Um, I tried negotiating a salary increase, and I just wasn't being paid fairly. Um, and I found out that a male coworker had been making far more money for the same job. Can we talk, can we talk about this? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, I have a lot of those stories. Do you really? Yeah. So, are you for pay uh, transparency? Yeah. Me too. I will, I will tell you how much I made there. Tell, I'll tell you how much I made anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in my first job at the DNC, I actually feel like that one paid pretty well for my age and experience. I think my first job at the DNC was like, I was 24 and I was making like 36, but that was back in 2010. 2010? But again, I was an editor. I was managing a team of freelancers, so that that would have needed to be higher pretty fast. That's more than I was making in radio in 2010. I, uh, okay. So real quick, radio, I, I got hired. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit older than you, but not that much older. I'm 39. How old are you? You're just a little bit older. Okay. okay. I'm older <laughs> I'm, I'm you, 36. Right? Okay, we'll right, we'll be right. transparent. All right, all right. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not that much older. So the, the, no. I was going to tell you like what I got hired into radio at, and it's going to shock you. <laughs> Maybe not though, because I yeah. Okay, let's I got talk. hired in 2005 uh-huh. to Clear Channel Radio full time for eighteen thousand dollars. Oh, uh-huh. how did you live? I worked hard for a year. I mean, I was 22 years. We old. all like had two jobs always, right? Pretty, yeah, I, I worked hard, but basically I lived at home with my parents. I had no bills. I made more than that doing hair. Okay. In part time in college. You can make more than that going on the corner right now with a sign <laughs> that says please anything helps. Oh my god. I work hard after about a year I gang up the courage. I go and I ask my boss. I say I, I feel I've worked hard. I feel I've done a good job. Can I please have a raise? Yeah. The boss says, "Yes." Oh. You do deserve a raise. That's amazing. You're going to think this is a joke when I tell you. Come back tomorrow. I need to crunch some numbers. You come back tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you how much your new salary is. I go home that night. Ah, bing, bang, boom. I'm like, let's go out. Come on, mom and dad. I'm buying pizza tonight. You know, I'm so excited. I'm getting a raise tomorrow. I'm going to be rich. Dinner's on me. I go in the next day. You want to take a guess what the new number is? You're going to think it's a joke. 18.5? Close. Okay. $19,000. So, like, he gave you, like, a bonus, essentially. That Whatever you want to do. Whatever you think. That's fine. Okay. I'll drink anything. I mean, spoiler alert. Anything she puts in front of me, I'm going to eat or drink. you got to charge High West for that sponsorship now. Yeah. Mm, we just mentioned them three times. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Uh, so, all right. So, anyway, so 19000 And then, uh, and so, I don't want to steal the whole thing because maybe we can bounce back and forth. No. I'm trying to catch up to you. Twenty. Yeah. So, then I get hired into Rochester. That, that's Northeast Ohio, remember. Got it. I'm from rural Ohio. So, yep. it's rural radio. Okay. Uh, Ashtabula, Ohio. Um, 2007, I got hired into Rochester Radio for $32,000 in 2007. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
So it was like we're pretty I on par. I two thousand dollars from two thousand seven. I do not get a raise again until two thousand fourteen. Oh Seven no. years at thirty-two thousand dollars. No. Lots of bullshit in between about. Oh, you know what? You're on the top of the list. Problem <sighs> is. I don't know if you know this, but the company has a hiring freeze right now. No raises, no hiring. We'll let you know, though. We'll let you know. But you are right at the top of the list. By the way, did we tell you? We just hired so-and-so. They were available. We brought them in. How great is that? Oh, my God. Anyway. so Yeah, because you see them like spending money on other things. And, yeah, it's tough. So, yeah, I mean, I was working for a company in Buffalo, owned a magazine at that point, um, which is no longer the case. But 585 is very much still around. Um I love what they're doing. I love Jane, who's the editor now. And sh- um, <laughs> I drove to Buffalo and I tried to negotiate and, you know, had known what the previous editor, a male, was making. And uh, they just wouldn't budge. So I um, was contacted by Nazareth, a professor at Nazareth. And she was like, would you ever think of being a professor of practice? I need someone to teach what you do full time college professor I was about to turn 30 <laughs> and I was like hell yeah <laughs> yeah that sound pretty cool <laughs> yeah so the year I turned 30 um I I adjuncted for them in the spring semester while I was still at the magazine I left the magazine that July turned 30 in August started my full-time professor job and I worked there for four years as a professor how cool is that like did, did you ever have situations where you were 30 years old and people were like, what do you do for a living? You're like, I'm a college professor. And they're like, no, really, what do you do for a living? Yes, all the like, time. Because I don't even, I didn't look like I was 30. You think of 70-year-olds as college professors. Right, and it was always for me, like I, I wanted to teach at some point. And I was, I was adjuncting. So like I had a pretty good um, amount of experience adjuncting at this point. I think I'd been adjuncting for four years. Um, and they knew that. But to be like full-time like you are going you're I wrote nine classes while I was there in that four years like you're putting curriculum together you are inspiring people you are an influence I took that was such an honor for me and I took it very seriously and and it was surreal sometimes but it also is one of the most exhausting jobs that I've ever had in my life Um, because you're giving emotionally you're giving physically you're giving um just uh, psychologically and yeah it was so rewarding and, and the thing that kept me there longest was the students I just I, I'm in touch with so many of them still are, are they are college students are they giving those things back because it feels like being a, a teacher could be frustrating in middle school or high school because you get some kids that care and then you get some kids that don't care in college yeah. the percent of kids who care has to be way higher right oh i wouldn't say way higher grad school is very high because they're paying to be there they chose to go back um you know undergrad is kind of like a thing we do it's part of our culture yeah. you leave high school you go to college and not all of them want to be there but the kids who do were the ones who were like i I was just like, you are what make it worth it, yeah. you know? And I got, I got to teach a lot of classes that were electives that people wanted to take or, um, were classes that were like quote unquote more fun. Um, you know, I got, I taught a lot of journalism and a lot of marketing and PR and feature writing and s- speech was probably not everyone's favorite intro to communication, probably not, but I tried to make them fun and like engaging, you know, it's not that there was no work involved. All I remember about that class was, I, that was the class where I realized there was something kind of wrong with me. <laughs> Intro to communications was required. 
And, you know, the final exam is what? You have to give a speech, right? And oh, yeah. It wasn't in that one? 90% of the kids are petrified of giving their speech. Oh, yeah. I was like, we get to give a speech. <laughs> and I was well, like, oh, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death, right? Oh, Isn't that oh, a thing? Yes. Yeah. It's not the case for me. And not for you either. I we're, don't have... So, again, when I was in... We're broken, yeah. Like, can we do... We only get to do one speech? <laughs> one? Why do we give a speech every day? It seems like that's how we get better at giving speeches. That's called being the professor. <laughs> then you get to give a speech every day. <laughs> yeah, so, I guess so. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, right. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> that's needed today, buddy. That's yeah. a yeah, I'm happy for you. So, right, the kids that care, there's a lot more kids that actually care. And I would imagine teaching is probably a lot a lot more fun when they're actually looking at you with their eyes wide open, like hang on your every word. Oh, yeah. Than it would be in seventh grade when only two of them are doing that, you know. Yeah, and I've, I've worked with high school students and middle school students a little bit. I was a tutor, and then I, I've done – I've always taught theater throughout off and on, so – yeah, I think there's something at every age that's like a challenge, but also a reward. And I just, teaching is just one of the greatest things I've been able to do in my life. By the way, Dear Evan Hansen this week. Excited. Yeah, are you going on Tuesday? Going Friday. Okay, I'm going on I'm Tuesday. I'm a regular person now. You're still media. I'm oh, a regular guy now, yeah. But I did become a season ticket holder. So. Wait, thanks for reminding me. I need a plus one. <laughs> My mom will go. <laughs> that would probably make for a great story. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, I, I will tell you that when I left radio, one of the biggest things I was kicking myself in the butt over was I'm going to miss those Tuesday media nights because I basically yeah. had free season tickets. Right. But I love going so much that as soon as I left radio. Yeah. Oh, and the season's been good this year. Yeah, the season's been really good this year. nighters and I... I love it. I love that for you guys. Yeah, yeah. We, it's a huge thing. It's what a, a great night. date night. Yeah. And this one, and somebody's probably listening, is going to write me an email and go, this one's not part of this season. I know. We had to buy these tickets separate. This was, a, this was this an was add-on. They call it an add-on, right? it was a reschedule, actually. Wasn't okay. It a reschedule from like 2020 or something? Uh, it was, yes. Yeah. So this was a reschedule. So this one we had to, we're actually not even in our regular seats for this one. Oh, no. We're in better seats for this oh, one. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. You had the same reaction my wife had. I was like, we're not in our regular seats. She goes, oh, no. And I went, actually, we're better. I love it. <laughs> anyway. The Ryan reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the one she's looking forward to the most. She, she's really excited for this. This is a beautiful show. Yeah. Yeah. I have, not, I have not, but I've listened to the soundtrack, and I refused to see the movie until I saw it on stage. So now I can watch the movie after this. Yeah. Movie got some shit. Cause yeah. Because the, the star is... Like our age, a little out of place. <laughs> yeah, but he's the one who originated the role in Broadway. I know. So I actually am on the side of casting him. I think it was good because he's the originator of the role. Yeah, but I don't know. Be- beautiful voice. It got some. It got some negative reviews. Yeah, the movie that is. I saw that. Anyway, where were we? So you're a professor. You do four years of professor. Yeah. What makes you stop being a professor? Um, I was always planning to be self-employed. You know, that was the original goal. Like, work for myself, do something, start something, build something. That's always why been... That? Why, I, why do you like entrepreneurship? Can anyone really explain that, Polly? Are can, you... Can you explain that? There's something wrong with us, like you said before. Yeah. We, do, we don't function like the rest of the world. And we probably never will. I've talked to other people about this. We try to work for other people. And we can do it for, like, a couple years. Sometimes, as long as you did. Right? My 
I, I've been off and on with it. I like go in waves. And sometimes I think about going back to work for someone else and I'm like, ah, maybe another time. You know, as long as I'm employed, self-employed, I'm going to keep doing that. And so it was always the plan. And then I thought like, oh, when I get older, I'll be a college professor. Well, that got flipped. Sometimes our life doesn't go according to plan. I've learned that. And um, I, I needed a life change. And I had been working on a lot of side side projects which was part of my contract in as like they wanted me to freelance so while most professors have to publish in like academic journals things like that to kind of keep their professorship or like get tenure I wasn't in line for tenure because I don't have a PhD that's a whole other show that we could do um, I've never understood I don't even know what tenure means I've just pretend for 39 years when people say tenure I pretend it's I know it's like a longer about. contract where you <laughs> I don't know how I can explain this super simply. Um, it's almost like, yeah, a longer contract. Like a solid with quad. Definitely with a pay raise. Um, yeah. They get away with a lot. Can I say that? Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I've always understood it to be that you. it's basically like it cements you into now to get fired. You'd have to do something really bad. Yeah, and it would have to go through a process uh-huh. yeah um essentially yeah i don't even know where the tenure process itself came, comes from all i knew is that i wasn't eligible but that meant that i also didn't have to publish in academic journals unless i wanted to but what i did what they did want me to do is freelance so i kept those contacts for the kids for internships and i had that relevant experience that i could talk about in classes and it worked out really well but i started doing a lot of um branding work and social media work and I found that I was really loving that. A lot of it was in hospitality. Really love that field. Um, I was running Boomtown Table for part of those years. What made you love hospitality? Because you don't do any I mean, so far, you're a journalist, Leah. There's no hospitality yet. Other than my, yeah, like catering gig in well, college right, and right. Red Osher. Yeah. yeah. So you just liked it. And you were I like, think this is why I liked it. I've thought a lot about this. Um, I did a group doing theater and I think that hospitality really is close to theater. I think the people who are attracted to it tend to be, there's a lot of overlap. I think that the, what we give to people in hospitality is a performance is an experience. And when it's really good, it's, it's memorable. It's something you tell your friends about and they want to go and experience it's best done live, right? Like takeout was kind of like zoom plays in my, (laughs) in my mind. Um, and I think it's the, it's never the same. There's the adrenaline of service. Yeah. It's the show, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and even, like, now I do work on the floor somewhere. I work at Living Roots once a week, um, which sometimes people see me and they're like, don't you have a job? And I'm like, yeah, I do this. It's my mental health job, <laughs> um, which is really funny if you think about it. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I think that's why I'm drawn to it. It's like it fires on all those same circuits and and also could we talk about a little bit of entrepreneurship too yeah of course this is your section Mm -hmm. it's like you're running your own little business yes like yeah oh i've never thought about that part yeah Yeah, i've thought about that because i also love hospitality haven't done it in many many years because i went into media but yeah i've told my wife a thousand times because one of the scary things about being an entrepreneur is that just inkling of a feeling like what if it all fails what if oh a hundred percent those look amazing oh, oh yeah <laughs> teen and some rubble sprints thanks do your thing Leah. go ahead Wait, I'm gonna eat a <laughs> 
Okay, good. Yep, go ahead. Oh, you you t- taste tested for me. Thank you so much. Um, I I loved it. Loved being a server, and I've told my wife a thousand times: if this thing fails, <laughs> if, it, if we go belly up, I'm probably gonna go be a server somewhere. <laughs> how did how did she react to that? She's always like. Honestly, she's always kind of like, oh, no, you'd find something else. And I told her, I go, no, (laughs) I would be happy. You have to understand. I'm not saying I'd go be a server somewhere like it's a bad thing. Yeah. I would be happy to go be a server somewhere. Yeah. There's certain restaurants. I don't want to go back to Red Lobster. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But, you know. More of those biscuits, please. (laughs) Yeah. I don't need any more biscuits. (laughs) I ate a lot of those biscuits. Well, I mean, I had lunches where my lunch was four of those biscuits. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, based on my what I remember of them, I understand. Mm. You can buy the mix now. Do you see that? You can buy boxes of mix in, like, Wegmans. It's too far. I did it one time. <laughs> I made them. And they turned out pretty good, actually. Okay. <laughs> All right. They pretty good. It's like, a, it's like a dough, and then you just dump a ton of shredded cheddar cheese in it. Oh, that makes it sense. Day. Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, at the end. You just literally just drench it in butter. It's just melted butter. Which makes everything amazing. It does. Can we just like, ah, butter. I'm here for it. That's the bad thing about seeing that side of the kitchen too, though. Like back of the house. Are you just cooking? Cooking at home? Yeah, yeah. Is when everyone's like, delicious. It's so delicious. So good. Like we're sitting in front of Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Those are soaked in butter. Oh, absolutely. I can see it. And and Ryan. They're glistening. My wife will say to me, she'll go, I love Brussels sprouts. We should have more Brussels sprouts. Yeah. They're healthy. And I'm always like, no, you love the Brussels sprouts that we got when we went to JoJo's. <laughs> they were made with lots of butter, salt, butter and salt. Oh, yeah. I can smell it on these. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's soaked but, in butter. Yeah, soaked in it's butter. It's amazing. It's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. But go home, cut some Brussels sprouts in half, throw them in the oven and do nothing to them. Now eat those. They taste like a fart. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I told her. She says, no, I love them. They're good. I like to believe that olive oil can make things taste just as good as butter, but it can't. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even taste like... That's not a Brussels sprout. No. That's a butter sprout. No. <laughs> it's like got a hint of Brussels sprout taste to it. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so you uh, you've left being a professor you, now you you do a couple other things we talk about boomtown table for a second you do boomtown table yeah you're working freelance you're doing your own thing you're an entrepreneur you are uh, basically running an agency where you're a one-person agent. yeah it took me a long time to admit that but yes and yeah. and then when when some of my work started to make other agency people feel threatened that's when I realized like oh I'd never wanted to work in that space and here I am. Yeah. I don't like agency culture. I don't think it's healthy for a lot of people. But you could say the same thing about hospitality. It just doesn't work for me. Um, but I somehow am doing a lot of things that agencies do. Yeah. So you, you a couple big brands you worked with and for, some still, some former, was, yeah. of course, the, uh, the the brand of restaurants or the chain of Not the chain. That's the wrong word. The good family. Luck. The family. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> the good, good luck, luck family. Lucky's Jackrabbit Club. Jackrabbit Club. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you, Radio Social, right? Like these, these yep. are some of the best and well-known restaurant brands in Rochester. Yes. Yeah, so and your, their brand is in your hands. I helped build um, the launches for, and, and the brands for Barbantum, mm-hmm. uh, Lucky's, Radio Social. 
kind of helped re-energize Jackrabbit Club when I came on with them. No big deal, um, buddy. No big deal. <laughs> a little dirt off the shoulder, that's all. Um, but, you know, it's it's nice to be given the opportunity and the trust to do those things all right, so by, tell by me, people. When you're given these big properties, these big brands, right? Yeah. Really good brands. Yes. What is what is it in these brands? What is the, the positive there, right? So you get to promote good luck. Mm-hmm. Can't find anybody has anything bad to say about good luck. Oh, I can because they told our social media channels. <laughs> <laughs> Sure but, you it, but you're right. For Hold the on. most part, it is positive. Yeah. This, I do like good luck. I, I'm going to say one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Oh, I hope no one's listening. There is a little bit of a. Oh come on! I'm a big. I spent a lot of money with good luck over there. I'm going to go back to good. I luck. want you to say whatever you're going to say. Everybody should go to good luck. Yeah. Good luck's the best fucking restaurant in Rochester. <laughs> All right. There There's it is. There's a little bit of a feeling when you go into good luck that it's kind of like welcome to good luck. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, I don't think they would disagree with that, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? But isn't that... Don't we kind of like that? You're welcome for choosing us. <laughs> don't we kind of like that when people are like yes. that? Some, like, sometimes we're more attracted to a person who's yes. like that. It's swagger. They have swagger. They deserve their swagger. They've earned their swagger. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that was one <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you get these these big brands, and they're like, Liam, you're in charge of the brand. The positive there is they're doing a lot mm-hmm. to create their own brand already. Oh, yeah. Doing oh, such yeah. A good job, good right? luck and Kira, especially, were already very established. Yeah. And and they're every single day they're nailing it. Like, you, mm-hmm. have you ever had to, and maybe you, you're good and you say no to this, but have you ever had to represent a brand that kind of wasn't doing a good job? Mm-hmm. Of, right? And, and you're kind of like... I need to polish this turd. Mm-hmm. Well, in these cases, you're not polishing a turd. They're truly gems, right? Yes. So there's the advantage to that. So oh, I guess the question I'm trying to get around to is, how do you handle it differently when you are hand, handed something like Good Luck or Cure, where it's a gem already, Yeah. and you know that everything you're putting out there on their behalf is, is going to be backed up by when someone visits? Versus when somebody has handed you a turd and said, please polish this and present it to the public. And you're like, oh, God, how do I do it? Well, I won't work with clients who are not giving a good experience in person because I don't I have the liberty to choose at this point, which is a great privilege and comes from many years of hard work. I will say. Did you have years where you didn't have the ability to choose? Of course. You needed the money and you're just saying, oh my God. Yes. Yes. You have, you know, you have to do that when you're first freelancing or first self-employed. Absolutely. You write the story that you're not that into, or like your sources all drop and you got to make it happen. You have the client who has ideas that you're like, maybe not even sure you understand but you get there somehow and then you create great content for them yes every freelancer or self-employed creative person has had to accept those things yeah we've all said yes to shit because we needed the money yeah 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 or even just things like i knew i wanted to get back to doing mostly hospitality and in between those months when i was not it was like okay how can i build some other skills here work with some other people build out my portfolio until I get back to that point yeah okay fast forward pandemic hits Uh restaurants all get flushed down the toilet basically it's a huge part of your portfolio yeah tell me about it Um, take me through it eat the Brussels sprout okay I'm eating the Brussels sprout take a breath eat a little poutine I have to gird my loins to talk about this (laughs) 
Um, it's it's so I I was I continued to work with um radio during that point, but you, ra- radio closed. Well, you brought curbside takeout. Like, didn't Radio Social? It was either first or one of the first. Uh, good luck. Good. Okay, but you yeah. guys, yeah, you're. So I I was with the Good Luck family through. January of 2021. So really like the heavy months of the pandemic. Those like brutal, we're not sure if, so like just before that last reopening of restaurants, which they've now stayed open, right? Yeah. So, um. Didn't Lucky's open literally like Lucky's, at the pandemic? Yes. Lucky's open oh. in March 2020. Which makes the name Lucky's fantastic. Like, I know. It they, makes it a better name than it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it Honestly, yeah, it does. It's just great. Good luck has a similar story open in 2008 and people literally would say to them, well, oh yeah, yeah you're going to need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they have two really great stories there. Is that really why they called it good luck? Cause people are like, no, a restaurant. it oh, just okay. was like, a, it yeah. was like lucky. It was a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Okay. Yeah. Great story. But, um, yeah. So I, my role became not, Hey, come in and have dinner, but here's why you should get takeout. Please help save restaurants. Um, and we were doing that at the local level and the national level, like petitioning like, did state. Did you think you were going to have to beg people to go to Good Luck? I mean, Good Luck's the type of restaurant you can't get a table at unless you want to go at 4 o'clock or 10 o'clock. No, and I think... you got to beg people now. It, that, those months, for those of us who were in that industry, so like the really heavy times were the two lockdowns, right? Yeah. Like March to June... 2020 and then November to January 2021 um, they were just mind fucks for everybody in the industry yeah. because here is again this restaurant that's like hey welcome thank you and now they're like actually no please it's welcome you're welcome no it's you're welcome yeah you're welcome. yeah <laughs> right you made it into <laughs> our doors you're welcome <laughs> Go on. this is still really funny um yeah, and then you you are trying to tell a story of how a restaurant's getting through the pandemic, which is, you know, essentially what I was doing. And then also like, hey, you want us to be here when things come back? You got to support us. It wasn't even like begging so much as like real talk with mm-hmm. with these with this audience who trusts us and you know, I am the that voice. Of course, working with the owners and all the wording and, you know, the plan for everything, but it was, I, yeah, like my, so much of my energy was invested in that during that time because I also care greatly about the industry. So, um, yeah, and they were kind enough to, to keep me employed. I was like one of 10 people who, you know, was not furloughed or I, they were great to all of their employees, but just that part of what they were doing was very important. They needed to keep communicating, and I was the person who did that. And, and like I was starting to say with curbside, yeah. I remember that Radio Social was the first place I ever went for curbside. I remember that I mm. saw it on, I think, your Instagram. Oh, before they closed. Yes. I forgot about yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, I mean, I remember, I remember like, seeing you there. Like, it was yesterday, and I remember, you know, my wife being like, oh, my God, make sure you don't get too close to the. How does this work? They're going to bring it to your car. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, like, rolling down the window, and mm-hmm. she went to the other side of the car yep. and placed it on the seat. and. I was like leaning this way. Oh my god! I mean, it was really there was so much we didn't know. <laughs> so much, but like, 
What a weird world. What a weird world. But really, like, mm-hmm. then it, curbside really became a thing. But I, that was the first, you guys were, like, the first I knew of that were doing it. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were the first ones to do a vaccine policy, too. Mm-hmm. That was a... How'd that go? Because that was... That was tough. That was tough, right? Yeah, I that mean, was tough as the person on the other side because people get savage about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you split it right down the middle. You got half the population saying, yes, mm-hmm. you're my new favorite restaurant. And you got the other half of the population saying, I'll never go there again. That's exactly what happened. And and, and I, I don't know. what Polarizing an audience like that, is it a good idea or bad? I mean, in radio, we used to talk about this all the time because... There would be, if you talk politics, yeah. whatever way you go on a politics, you're always going to just... It's like that. It, I mean, it was politics. Right, it was. It, right. it is politics. Yeah. yeah and um, as a person who tries to stay unbiased as I run brands, it was a tough one. But I think we navigated it, and now um, we're in a very different world of hospitality even than we were two years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I feel bad. I remember the radio social thing. I remember the um, yeah the vaccine thing. I, I feel bad. I you know, I think I remembered at the time that you were the person on the other side of that. Some people did. Yeah. Some people I know did not remember or they didn't care. But I don't. Oh, did you see? <laughs> oh yeah, it was a yeah. A it's Rochester. It's just this is funny. So I feel bad that I don't. I don't think I remembered to reach out to you at that time and be like, "Are you okay?" So I'm sorry. That's okay. I sh- I'm a shitty fan or friend. I guess we became friends today. <laughs> But no, you're not. Do you because it says radio social and it doesn't say Leah Stacy? Mm-hmm. Do you have people who are super nice to you, who then pop up in the radio social um, social media, telling you to go f yourself, and you're like, okay, uh, okay, lady that works at the coffee shop that I go to every weekend. Yeah. Um, you don't know that this is a human being on the other side. Sometimes I like to tell them. You no. Know? It depends on how mean it was, but. Yeah, if oh man, can I just say one thing on behalf of social media moderators yeah. everywhere? Everyone needs to try to remember that there's a human being on the other side, yeah. and it is very often not the owner. Yeah. Sometimes it is, but I mean, a lot of people work in this field. When you DM something nasty or you tweet something nasty or comment, it chances are it is going to to a person who is probably not your enemy <laughs> and yeah. and has feelings and. Has to disassociate themselves from those feelings. How do you do in those moments where, you know, that happens and it gets laid on you and now all of a sudden you're, you, you've got all this negativity coming at you. It's not you. Uh-huh. Are you able to take yourself and just go, you know what? This is not a personal attack against me. I can I, I can sleep at night. Or are you just like a mess? Uh, I am. I know how to compartmentalize it now. But I think that experience, along with the rest of the pandemic experiences, really taught me how to do that in terms of online presence. Um, People get angry. People get angry. It's it's hard not to... It's not even that I was taking it personally. I was just feeling down about the world in general. And and I, like, lost my... Excuse me, my faith in people. Yeah. I was like, man, why are they so terrible what why does why do i oh god i i don't know this is the next four hours of this podcast <laughs> why do people take things like that because they make i don't know such a big deal mm-hmm. what is happening that that needs to be the thing that you are going to die on today 
the hill that you're going to die on. I don't today. know where they find the time, quite honestly. I mean, I get paid to respond to them. They don't get paid to comment. Right. That's right. I like to remind myself of that, too. So, all right. I'm sorry. We'll move on past this. <laughs> I, is this hard for you to talk about? This no. No? Not okay. anymore. Okay. I'm sure it's I drank a lot more. I think I can tell it was kind of a tough time for you. It was. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. No, it's okay. So, one of my friends did Venmo me, like, the day that um, radio's little announcement went up. He, like, knew that I was he remembered and he was like he sent me a Venmo and he was like this is a cocktail on and like from his his family Um, and I was like that's so nice and I did go get a margarita (laughs) can I I, I, can I ask you a question Mm -hmm. this is good I don't know if you're gonna want to answer this question okay this is gonna be a tough one okay did radio socials business get better worse or stay about the same after they did that um I think, well, we only had it in place for about two months, not even, probably six weeks, because then state guidelines changed again. Yeah. So we were kind of monitoring that stuff. Mask mandate changed. It was, you know, it was all over the place. We all know this. We lived it. Um, and I don't make the decisions. So um, we, business was already just kind of like baseline coming back because we had, we spent almost nine months closed. So we had just reopened in February, and then this was September, I think, when we put the policy in. Now it's starting to feel like old radio again. But I think everything's starting to feel like a past version of itself again. It is. People are out. You're standing in line at a bar instead of distancing, or there's a seat or like a plastic partition. Yeah, walking in places without a mask and and, and not even thinking about it anymore, honestly. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say for all of my clients in hospitality, radio and others, it's really, yeah, it's, we're, we're seeing a sea change. Yeah. I don't know if it's forever, but yeah. I hope so. Yeah. What is the, um, so I want to get, because, okay, after this, we're basically, we're coming up on lilac at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. I think so, right? And then you've got stuff you're working on, but like you said, NDAs, you can't talk about everything, but we're mm-hmm. catching up to current times at this mm-hmm. point. L- what is the, the origin story of Lilac? So my first year at Nazareth, I had a uh, class, a uh, feature writing class, and I had a lot of great students who I'm still in touch with who did amazing work in that class. And one of them was uh, Jimmy Shank, who is my co-founder of Lilac. So he was in my first graduating class at Naz. And that makes him t- late 20s at this point. <laughs> um, and Jimmy's one of those kids who you can tell, like, doesn't love college until he loves something that he's working on. And for him, that was feature writing. And he, I could tell right away he had a, he had it. He's a great writer. And he got it. He, he got the industry. And so he had been freelancing on and off. And I was, you know, in touch with him on and off for the last couple of years. And we got together... Um, in right around January 2021 when I was in that like career pivot again and he was like I want to he's like I want to start a publication that pays people because he had had this crazy experience of being a freelancer and being paid little to nothing for like experience. a lot of work right. yeah you on XXI talking about yo you're yeah. experience right yeah I, I, exposure I've been oh yeah exposure yeah yeah I, I've been told that a million times myself as well right it is so rarely true 
I think I don't know. Disagree with me, please. I think if <laughs> if the New York Times called you right now and said, Leah, we, we need a, an article for the front page tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're on. We can't pay you, but this would be exposure. No. Do you do that? No. Huh? No. No? Tell me. I would do it. Tell me. Well, why am I wrong? I like it. Because who, who cares? Also, how are you going to turn around an article overnight for no pay? You're going to be up all night. You're fucking badass, man. <laughs> That's badass. No, I, I, I think I just, no I'm just done. Like, it's kind of, it's like anything else. Like, don't be where you aren't really wanted. And if they're not willing, like, a work thing, if there's not money, like, don't we have an understanding in this country <laughs> that if it's work for hire, you get paid? Um, Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm just not about. Hardcore. <laughs> I have not always been this way. I used to do shit for free and for exposure, and, like, that's what we did, right? We yeah. took the lower salary, and and then something just kind of snapped where I was, well, and part of it is, like, I am a single person who supports myself, so that's a reality. It's, like, I don't have anyone else who's going to, like, pick up the slack if I stop working or if I, t- you know, take the free gig because I want the exposure. So that definitely does make an impact. But I think even if I was partnered... And let's say that person made double, triple the money I'm making. I would still say no. Because they'd be like, why don't you think I'm worth it? That's badass. That's a badass <laughs> chick right there. Man, oh man. She has I would no idea have, what's going on. See, I'm, I, I'm not there yet. I don't have the balls to say no to that. To that. I'll say no to a lot. But to that, I, wanna have, I won't say no. Because I'll give you the other side. Can I give you the counter argument? Of course. I fucking hate that I'm about to argue on behalf of exposure because it's stupid. But I will give you a slight counter-argument to it. Okay. I believe the only reason that I've made it wherever I've made it, and I haven't even made it anywhere, but that I've just made it to the You're self-employed. Fine. That's making it somewhere. Whatever whatever I've made it to, I've made it to, okay? Yeah. Is because I've said yes a lot. Oh, yeah. To a lot of things. Okay, I also believe in saying yes. Um, Maybe let me, like, asterisk this. If it's fun... And it's exposure, and I want to do it. I might say yes for little to no money, but that also hinges on how much time it takes. So let's say, uh, like one of my friends is putting on a fringe show, right? And they're like, "We, I need an actor for two nights, two rehearsals. Can't pay you." I would probably do something like that. I'm also not trying to be a professional fringe actor. But there's fun. That's fun. But I might meet someone, and and I will tell you this. Lilac pays its contributors. I'm not making money on Lilac, but it's fun, and we're doing something cool for other people. Mm-hmm. It's a platform. It's we always get to meet people, and I would never say I'm even doing it for networking. But that stuff inevitably comes out of projects like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but it was. I mean, Jimmy really was like, I I want to do this, but only if you'll do it with me. And I was like, oh, I don't need another project. I'm like trying to get clients right now. Blah, blah, blah. And you, and here and here we are. Here we are. to do it, huh? No, I mean that was January 2021. It took us until July to really get it going because I was pretty back and forth with him. I mean, he would tell you that. We have one advertiser in this issue. It's Subaru. They bought the back cover, which completely covers our printing costs, which is amazing. And they bought the back cover last time. And in issue one, Java's was also a sponsor. Where do you get so, the money to pay the people? 
Uh, print sales. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so they get paid after. So the we, they, no, they get paid their first payment as soon as we launch. So like in the next week, we'll start sending out contributor payments, and then, um, because print sales are already coming in, so we're building up the cash to pay them. Yeah. So as soon as we have that cash, we pay the contributors, and then they our total print profits they get three and a half percent. So our issue one contributor is about to get their second payment. And then we've closed sales on issue one as of this week. So then we have a hard stop on that number. We're also almost sold out of issues. So Yeah. That that you better save a few of those because in about fifty years that's gonna be a collector's item. Oh uh, that's very generous. Maybe we'll be in a small Rochester museum somewhere. The the U of R library did buy one for their collection. Which was like so cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would hand deliver that one. I know, we need to. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that's badass that you're paying people. That's so cool. And that was all Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely people. wanted people to get paid. I agreed with him on that, but he came up with the profit-sharing model, which I think is so rad. And we have not found many other magazines who are doing that. No. So how do Because the other cool thing is anyone can... Like, I could go home and write a thing. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and be even ground with everyone else. Because I also loved when I heard you on XXI that you said that if you personally know the person... You I take myself out of the selections vote, right? for that. That's yeah, awesome. I think that's great. Yeah, so there's four of us on the team, and we all vet the stuff together. So it's not like yeah. it's not just me, which I think a lot of people thought at first it was just me picking all the submissions. Like sometimes people will email the address and they'll be like, "Hey, Leah," and I'm like, "Well, it's also Keith and Megan and Jimmy." Well, you know what I love about this though is is there's nobody playing best way to put it is playing God but you know what I mean like yeah I think that's another beef sometimes people have with situations is where there's just a person who's just picking stuff they like yep and you can totally start to see their own personal likes and bias come out over the course of yes. a long time yes um, and I think it happens a lot and I think honestly it's a slight problem with traditional media right now like I think I think that happens at my old joint, my old radio uh, joint, yeah. where there's a guy who kind of you see his personal there's the curation. You see his personal curation coming yeah. through over the years. Yeah. And I think it happens a little with every traditional media in town. Oh yeah. Your model is eliminating that because if I go home right now and I write something, I submit it, you're gonna see that. You're gonna I know him, I can't vote. Right. That's awesome. I yeah. think that is so awesome. I also didn't want people I know getting mad at me if they don't get chosen. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're right. That also takes you out of, I can't come and go, Leo, why didn't I get picked? You're going to go, hey, no. I don't know. I wasn't part I, of it. I just, I would feel terrible. Mm-hmm. And there have been people I know who have submitted and they haven't gotten chosen. And we can try, like, again. So try again. Exactly. Yeah. We, we encourage repeat submissions. Even if you were published in the last one, you can submit again. We, there are no rules with that. If it's a good fit for the issue theme, you're in. Yeah. Okay, so what's the theme this time? Actually, there's a poll running right now in our Instagram story. For, for the third edition theme? And it may have expired. Oh, so we might be finding out right now what it is? Are you going to go with the thing? I, I'm going to see if it this expired. Awesome. You look it up. I'm going to eat poutine. Go ahead. Do it. Okay. Going to Lilac's Instagram right now. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, so it's about to expire. Our four themes for this one that people are voting are Dead Heat, Moonlight, Strange Bedfellows, and Eyelid Films. And, and do they have to tie to Rochester, or is it no Rochester? No, our themes are just 
big theme. So if I wrote so, something on that theme that had zero ties to Rochester, I could still make it? Oh, yeah. No, we okay. encourage that. And uh, there's contributors. Oh, here we go. Your oil is done. No, wife. Oh. <laughs> Let me text her real quick. Um, yeah, there's there's contributors from out of town. Thank you. Oh, yes. Desserts have shown up. Oh, yeah, this is evil. That was my pro wrestling name. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. How did... Thank you. Hey, I have no words after that. <laughs> this is what I've really been waiting for. That looks amazing. Pound cake. All right, so who's winning? Who do you think is winning? I like movies. Movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, eyelid films. That's the one you like? I like films. That one's losing. Really? Is it fourth out of four? Yeah. Oh, shit. Moonlight has got 50% of the votes right now. Moonlight? Moonlight. And that's cool because it's a, it's a noun and a verb. Yeah. I think that's going to be it. I mean, it won. Yeah. So our next theme, it's breaking news. Breaking news. Too bad it's a podcast. It doesn't come out for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on our Instagram before this. <laughs> um, right. Well, you know. Moonlight. Moonlight. And so now, how do people write something? Where do they actually go to submit their work? Like, what happens next? They email it to us. Okay. And Mm -hmm. and what's the website? Like, how do I find you? Lilacmag.com. Okay. And our email address is just submit at lilacmag.com. But we'll have a prompt up for this. I'll, I'll, like, write a prompt, or Jimmy will. And we will do, like, an official call for submissions, and there will be a deadline and you can submit writing of any kind except for, like, journalism. Because we don't. That's not what we do. Yeah. Um, I don't want a story about, like, a mo- moonlight in some town. I, that's not yeah. it. Um, and then visuals we accept as well. So anything from photos to graphics, anything. We need more visuals. I have an idea. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going to take the screenplay for the movie Moonlight that won the Oscar. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm going to adapt it into a short story. And I'm going to submit it. And it's going to combine the two themes. I think that's plagiarism. <laughs> Shit, you're probably right. That's why I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> but I like where your head's at. <laughs> Have you ever accidentally plagiarized? Have you ever written something and someone was like, oh my God, you didn't see so-and-so's thing? It was the same thing. And you're like, wait, what? Because there's some low-hanging fruit topics out there. Not like that, um, because you know journalism, everybody will cover the same thing. Right. But what I have done is, uh, I have a really bad memory. Like, really bad. It's so, it's horrendous. Bring it. And so, I, uh, my ex-partner would sometimes laugh at me because I would be saying things like, like I had this original idea and he was like, no, that's not your idea. <laughs> like for an article or yeah. like you know, maybe a poem or something and and he'd be like that kind of sounds familiar and then I like because you know how you like read something at six in your head yeah totally. so now a lot of times I will like fact check myself because I have such a bad memory yeah. and I'm like I need to make sure that I came up with this I've and it's not this. like something that yeah. I read at some point and then I like it you know was like percolating in my brain so I think it's that's not really plagiarism. I think that's okay. I it's think like it's it's sort of like stealing like an artist. Yeah, 
<laughs> I think that's okay. That's that, honestly, there are just some ideas out there. Yeah. That are just generally low hanging fruit that like yeah. we're all gonna think of. There's nothing new under the why sun. No one else ever thought of it, and then uh-huh. we're gonna Google it and realize that we're the eight millionth person to think of it. <laughs> right. Like business, you ever get random business ideas? You're like they should invent a spoon that's also a fork, and then you type in, you're like, oh, a spork's been a thing for thirty years. They not have those in Ohio, or? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait. Someone's getting mad at me. Oh boy. This phone's going off a lot. Yeah, come on over. Is that okay? I just invited my wife and child over. Of course, yeah. They, they say they're hungry. Apparently, I'm supposed to provide dinner Cute. for my family mm-hmm. and my young, and I'm sitting here drinking and podcasting. I mean, I have to leave by 6th anyway. Stay. I want you to dude, freaking be here. We'll stop podcasting. I have to go to a show. Mm. I know. Okay. Duty calls. Okay. You want to stop podcasting so we can eat stuff? Sure. We need yeah. to eat because she is going to be fucking pissed when she gets here and sees all this food. <laughs> okay. We're going to save your marriage. Let's let's save your marriage. I'm texting her to come over. Come on over. <laughs> we live right behind here, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I know you do. <laughs> yeah, and my oil's being changed right over there. Amazing. This is literally like just. I love it. Thank you for coming into my little world. What did we miss? Did we miss anything? I don't. I might have some more news for you shortly. Oh, but it's not today. What is the general gist of the like? Some more cool stuff that I'm working on. You're tough, buddy. All right, well, turn yeah. off the mics, I guess. I'll tell you off the record, mm. but I can't tell you right now. Okay, I had something I wanted to tell you off the record, too. Let's go do the part. Great. Let's go do that part. We love that. All right, thank you for doing this. Of course. So <laughs> great to hang with you.